At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Yo, good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep, Spencer Israel. I got Joel O'Connor and Dennis Dick with me today. Uh, we're going to talk about yesterday's market, yesterday's reversal, um, how that came about, uh, how Dennis traded it, and uh, what that portends for today. Uh, speaking of today, we do have another big number at a 30 PPI out so don't forget about that we'll talk earnings we got jp morgan delta airlines bed bath beyond blackrock today is what i'm calling the unofficial start of earnings season uh though things won't pick up really until next week or so uh frank holmes is our guest today u.s global investors we're going to talk all about the airlines with frank he of course runs the jets etf uh he'll help us break down that delta report but also help us understand what is going on with the spirit jet blue Frontier Menage a Trois. I don't really know what's going on there. Uh, so that'll be at 8:35. So do us a quick favor, hit that like button, please. Thank you to all the likes. We appreciate that. Let's start the show. Here we go. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit. This is Benzinga's pre-market prep with your host Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Mr. O'Connor, how are we doing today? We're doing okay. This is going to be a good one. I'm looking forward to the show today here. Uh, we had a little rally, but we faded hard. We got seven handles exactly at 4,400. 48 and a half handles off that pre-market high. That's not good. Uh, pre-market low right there with the close. 93 and a quarter. Crude continuing to rip up a buck 36 at 101.96. Gold working its way through to 2K, up seven bucks, 1983.10. Silver in the green, trying to get into the 26 handle, up 19 cents, 25.92. Bitcoin can't decide what to do at 40. It's up $525 at 39,815. And Ethereum futures, they are in the green by $55.50 at $3,022.50. Here we are on synthetic, what, uh, today's Wednesday, synthetic Thursday, right? Because we don't have um, 
No, no school on Friday. No school on Friday. Well, well, yeah. Even Dennis has no school on Friday. Oh, yay! Yeah, right. Yeah, I think so. I yeah, think well, to Canadian yeah. markets, yeah. Dennis. We, Get in we there. have no. We have Good Friday. We have Good Friday. <laughs> Canada <laughs> participates in this one. I know. We participate know. in this one. Yeah, no, we participate in this one. We're in. We're That's in. Good. That's good. All right, so let's start with yesterday. Um, Dennis, uh, we we spoke on yesterday's show, if you recall, about uh, what Joel said, what would what would screw the most people, and it was a rally We off of the, the CPI number. We got that rally at 830 until we didn't anymore. So I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on yesterday's market reversal. Well, I tweeted out when we were trading up, I said, it's a great day to sell stocks. So again, we just keep seeing the same story here is rallies aren't holding. There's a lot of reasons for that. One, we said the, the number wasn't good. We said it on the show that it's like, okay, well, it wasn't as bad as some people had feared, but let's put it in perspective. It's not good. And that's why after the show on my Twitter account, when we were trading up 30 handles on the S&P, I tweeted out, it's a great day to sell stocks. I went and Sold some more stocks yesterday. I'm up to 51% cash now in the long-term account. Wait, trading always, but I keep raising my long-term. Just buy cash. more, like the last. Yeah, week? remember I bought bad. I bought yeah. all that crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, some of these gross stocks that you think, okay, well maybe I'm wrong. I should get some gross stocks in portfolio. Well, I'm wrong on those. So I had bought a sauna, ASAN of 40. It went down to 32, 33 dollars there, and obviously you're wrong. Bounced up to 37 yesterday. I sold 37.40. I got out of it. Eat the loss. $2.40. Eat the loss. Move on. Because you know what? A lot. And you guys on the pre-pre-market show were talking me out of the Asana investment already. So it was a gift yesterday. It's another gift. We keep getting gifts of these overnight rallies and they don't hold. I mean, it's tough to be a bull in this scenario. Rates are going up and they're going to go up fast. Inflation is still rampant. Inflation is going to come into check. It's going to come in a check because we're going to push the whole economy into a recession. I mean, that's what's happening here. So recession-proof stocks, what's been money's been going into. You look, a lot of these growthy names are not recession-proof. It's a tough market to, you know, maybe if you've got a 10-year time horizon, it's a different market. But it's tough to just say, I'm coming in. It's all going to go right back to all-time highs. I don't see the case to take the market to all-time highs. And I don't even think the S&P is down that much. It's I mean, not. We're talking it's really about not. eight, nine percent off the high. I know. Nothing. It's like so many chances to get out of all of these stocks. Need to take some of these chances and take money off the table. Again, you got to use the days that we're trading higher, not the days that we're trading lower. If you were trading an hour ago, we had a nice rally. It's gone again too. So I'm trading what's in front of me, and what's in front of me is telling me sell the rip is working better than buy the dip ever did. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's that's it. And the same goes for any hypothetical pop that we could potentially get today off of. You know, PPI is is a big number now too, right? It, it's 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 inflation on the producer side, um, and expectations are high. And and if we pop, and I think it's logical to say that today could uh, be- i don't know today today people aren't going to be fooled, man. Today, no, they are. Yeah. They're fooled every day. It's the dumbest market, man. It really is. The, it's just, there's just so many people out there that, in, in institutional money managers, that have absolutely no idea how to navigate a bear market because we haven't had one for 10 years. We had pockets when, when the markets fell in March of 2020 for 35%. But what happened? We bounced right back. People just think eventually, if you buy the dip long enough, eventually you're rewarded. 
And you know what? In the in the long term, in certain stocks, that probably works. In SPY, that probably works. But in some of these smaller stocks, it doesn't work. I retweeted a tweet last night from the financial crisis because everybody believes eventually I'm going to get my money back. Everybody believes that. 99% of investors believe that. And in some cases, it is the truth. In a lot of cases, though, it's not. And if we look you know, at this tweet from last night, it was uh, by Bill Mann. I don't know who he is, but I was retweeted by one of, um, a person I follow, uh, Better Phils, um, who's an excellent follow on Twitter. But it was just showing you know, if you had bought all of these darlings. And Joel, here's a blast from the past. I got a list of 10 stocks from the year 2000. Ariba. Remember Ariba? A-R-B-A? Yep. Remember Island? Digital, I, Digital Island? Remember, um, there's a bunch of Ver, VeriSign, VRTS, SNRA, yep. MERQ, INSP. These were all, and this was a Kramer list of all the growth stocks that were going to carry us through the 2000s and into the future. And maybe this is just, you know, they're just like, but they're showing a list here. And on that list, these stocks, oh, a yeah, lot of them fell 90%. Here, I'll, I'll pull it up on the screen. Pull it up. Yeah. And again, maybe we're cherry picking, but I tell you, there's a lot of companies like this at home, Excite, all the, you know, Yahoo, really, you know, AOL. I mean, there was, there's so many Lucent. companies that are like this. Lucent Technologies, most widely owned stock. But when you're paying ridiculous high multiples, here you are, 20 years later, a lot of these companies actually got bought out. A lot of these companies, look how many got bought out. But you still lost 94% from the highs because that's where they got bought out, was 94% down from their highs. Like Lucent Technology, Alcatel Lucent, got bought out at $2. Well, the high was 110 So, I mean, you still lost 98% of your money. So the buyout could come. It could come at a lot lower prices. So just showing you that just because your stock, you know, it, they don't all come back. The S&P likely to come back. The Q's likely to make new all-time highs eventually at some point in the future. Is, you know, Verisign, Ariba. There's a million names like this. And most of them are in the ARKK portfolio. I'm going to say a lot of these are likely going to continue to go lower. So you've got to look at valuation. Valuation matters. Buy real stuff. Don't go out and buy hopes and dreams and NFTs. Buy real things. That's and if you if you've got to buy something, but right now I think we're going into a full blown recession. So I don't mind having half cash. You can laugh at that, but the evidence shows. The evidence shows that we have a lot of trouble ahead. We have inflation rampant, and the Fed's trying to catch up. They're going half. They haven't gone a half in twenty years, Spencer. What does that do? What does that do to the person who's got a variable rate mortgage? They have less discretionary income. Means they're probably right, going to spend okay. less. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But who in their right mind has a variable rate mortgage with rates? I in- have a variable rate mortgage. I have one that I just All took right. out on one of my on my rental property. I have one. All right. But with you know rates- why? You know why I have a variable rate mortgage? Because it gives you flexibility. You get the flexibility on, right. on paying it out. Yeah. I'm telling you, there is a lot of people that have a variable rate mortgage. Maybe okay. you don't. No, I don't have any mortgage. But I, I just would have assumed that with rates at the floor like they've been, 
you get a fixed rate mortgage. But, you, but you, there's flexibility in Vero. There's a lot of other factors to consider when you're when you're doing okay. you know, I different mean, rates. There, you, 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 it, it's absurd I, to think that nobody in the whole USA has a variable. Okay, rate some mortgage. people. That's an absurd absurd okay, assumption. Okay. Some people, yes, obviously, I'm not. There's sure. a ton of people that have a variable rate yeah. mortgage. And what happens when your five year fix comes due? What happens when your five year fix comes due? What if you're two three years in? What if you're four years in? And your five years come and due next year. And your payments are going to go from one and a half or two percent up to three or four or potentially five yeah. percent. You're going to have less discretionary income. It is going to hit the economy. It's inevitable. Unless they decide all of a sudden that we're going to stop raising rates and inflation just magically disappears, the, the recipe adds up to less spending out there. I mean, and that could add up to a potential. That could add well, up, obviously, to a potential recession. One of the factors, not the only factor, but one, and, and we'll get off this conversation in a second here. But one of the one of the factors contributing to inflation is the war in Ukraine. And if that were to end, that would theoretically ease could ease things up a little bit, right? So let's keep that in the back of our minds. Right? It's not. I the think only, they're going to get inflation. The the I think they're going to get inflation in check. I think it's going to be painful to do it, though. I think it's going to be painful, and I think that I don't. I see S and P seven eight. What are we off the highs, Joel? How much are we off the highs? Forty eight hundred, four hundred points. We're off ten percent. Yeah, there's a lot of bad crap happening to only be off ten percent. I Go long term chart on the S and P just yeah. to give perspective, because people are buying this dip saying stocks are cheap. Bring up the S and P chart, the ten year chart. Bring it up. Yeah, I mean, this is the we, cash. We uh. We're we're way up there. It's been. It's does been, that it look is. like a like? Does that look cheap? No. It's, it's been an amazing decade. What can you say? I mean, it's time to take profits, folks. It's time to ring the register on what you can. There's a reason I've went up to this much cash. It is time. It has been an amazing decade. Those Goldilocks periods are over, at least for the short term. It's absurd to just think we're just going to continue to go up and up and up forever and expand this bubble. The expanding bubble was built on free money. Free money is not as free as it was six months ago. So that I look at that chart and I think, let's ring the register. Bring up Apple. Why well, rang a little bit of my Apple? Well, can I just say that this kind of looks like on a monthly chart, a head and shoulders top? You got not the that left, too. left shoulder, right shoulder. Yeah, no, it then, looks good. Yep, yep. Okay, let's go to Apple. These are monthly charts. I am folks. not sure. Gaming world. I am not sure. I am 50% invested still in this market. If I was, the, if I thought the end of the world was coming, I would be short this market. I am not short this market. I'm not talking my book. I am simply saying that if you're sitting with 100% or on margin, you need to raise cash, in my opinion. Margin. I don't, I don't know if anybody in, in that this, this entire show is on margin, heavy margin. But no. I guarantee you there's people, and I hope you know that. Heavy smart, margin? No way. Heavy, uh, come on. There's After people us that rant? are on margin. There is. Don't kid yourself. I don't think you should ever be on margin. I don't Heavy think there's mar- any reason to invest they on don't... margin. But if you're on margin, then you're not, you're not listening to the show. You're not listening to the content. People, and, but also, margin could just be, you know, a, a bunch of options positions because that's leverage. Well, it's not margin. Well, no, it's if you pay margin. cash for your options, then it, it's not it's not well, margin. If you're sure, short sure, options, sure, sure, sure. okay, okay. If you're yeah. short puts, the, the 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 point of the story is you have a chance to sell near all time highs. Like I just think, like I look at that Apple chart. 
40 to 160 in two years. If I didn't have this huge capital gain on Apple, and like I said, it's a stupid reason maybe to hold stocks and I might regret this, I would be selling Apple hand over fist if I owned it. If I was sitting at 160, I'm not buying and putting new money in Apple at 167 when it's trading 28 times earnings. We don't know what the next big growth engine is. And the things went up 300% in the last year. It's been just a great move. It's been a great decade. Spencer said it perfectly. It's been a great decade. But the thesis has changed. And, and again, inflation will get in check. But I think it's going to be rising interest rates that brings it in check. And that is going to be painful for everybody we'll in this market. We'll see. I mean, for every data point that you can bring about why we're heading for a recession, I can bring one that says why we're roaring back. Right? Please tell me those. Yeah. Okay. Well, you, I'd well, like well, that to know right, that well, right well, now. Here's one from today. Here's one from today. Give it I'll, to me. Give me the bull thesis. I'm not giving you the bull I'll thesis. I'll change my mind. I, I'm not going to give you the bull thesis for the entire economy, but I'll give you the bull thesis one of them for airlines here, okay? The CEO of Delta Airlines, Ed Bastian, said today the last five weeks have been the highest bookings in the company's history. People want to get out travel before the end of the world? No, it's the the reopening trade. People have been cooped up. It's no doubt that there's a reopening trade there. Is that last, though? That's the question. Is that going to last? I mean, you had the home builders that had their greatest quarters, and we were buying these home builders up. You know, the market was buying them up four months ago because KB Homes, look at January. Look what it did in January. It was the greatest quarter for KB Homes like one in the history of the company. What has it done since? Well, So I think you're selling the rot pops here. I don't think you're chasing stocks and saying that everybody's going, you know, I think people want to do stuff. I think they're going to have less money. My point is, I think people are going to have less discretionary income, and that's going to mean less trips, you know, less toys, toys being like new cars, new houses. You know, they're going to, food stocks going to do fine. Walmart, Target, those are recession-proof stocks. There's a reason those are going up too, even Coca-Cola to a certain extent. But there's a lot of, there's been a lot of free money out there, and that is going to slow down. That's my point. You can do what you want. Everybody can do what they want. I told you what I'm doing. People ask every day, what am I buying? I tell them nothing. And I did buy stocks two, three weeks ago. I was wrong on all of them. Wrong. You know how I knew I was wrong? I started losing money. So what I do, I sold those stocks back and brought myself back up to my comfy 50% cash. If the market takes off and I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I don't see the thesis that we're just blasting off and going back to business as usual. I just don't see it. Uh, wait, I, uh, sorry, go ahead, Joel. I want to. Um, I'm just just gonna comment on the price action here in uh, in Delta, and you know, up to forty six percent. Just something going on forty one fifty here, just under forty one fifty. So keep an eye on that forty one oh five. We've made three four attempts on that. Uh, if they can't blow it through that somehow, some way, man. Palms out at 42. Uh, that was a high back at uh, back in February. Another high just above 42. So I'm from the long side here, man, at the lo- longer it takes to like clear 4145, 4150, I'd be worried about a little bit of a fade in this one. But uh, right now, momentum of the upside, nice volume, Delta. I mean, uh, 
good numbers, people do want to get out. Selling yeah, the rep just... has worked again and again and again in this market. I mean, Twitter, again, I was saying I thought I'd buy it at 45, but you can just see like the Musk factor is even, it's almost filled the gap. Is the Buffett, Pop, and Hewlett Packard going to give it all back? Because it's given back over half of it now. So I get this Delta Pop. Does it go to 42 or 43 today? Maybe. But if I look at it in two weeks, is it still up here or is it back down to like 38 or 37? I think the latter. So I think if I'm in it, am I shorting it? It's hard to short stocks. The short squeeze has been vicious. But I'm just saying I'm using the pops to get out of stocks. And when I quoted the CEO of Delta just there, I wasn't necessarily trying to make a bullish argument for the airlines. Obviously, there are seriously serious concerns there. Rising oil prices and two airline companies just said this week, or was it last week? I don't even know anymore, that they're reducing their capacity through the summer because they don't have the labor. So there are overhangs here. But from a pure consumer spending standpoint, the CEO of a major airline I think the largest airline saying the last five weeks have been the, the the highest for bookings in their history, I think is an argument in favor of the consumer right now. That's the consumer, though, not the company, because there's other yeah, things on there. But there, I'm just trying to – I'm always trying to think the big picture. Like, what's the little guy doing? What's the person doing? People have not been hit hard yet. Their variable rates have not gone up. We went up a quarter of a point. People have money today. I'm trying to look at where they are in six months. Do they have the money to continue to go on their trips? Are they going to Disney World? Some people, guaranteed. Are some people going to be stretched more, though? I think so. And I think that leads to less attendance. I would love to buy Disney. Disney's at a huge support level, Joel, 130. I think Disney's got good value. I think if you're buying Disney and putting it in your long-term portfolio, 10 years from now, you're going to be really happy. But I'm just thinking six months from now, I think I'm going to get the stock cheaper because... I think we're kind of in still the Goldilocks. We haven't been hit with the rising interest rates yet. It, 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 we really haven't. I mean, yeah, they've priced it in, but you know, your 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 Fed has only went up a quarter of a point. So I don't far. know. So they haven't really got know, yet. Everyone that owns growth stocks, I think they've been hit pretty hard the last. No, but I'm not talking about the half the population doesn't own a stock at all. Okay. So these are the people. You know, there's still half the population that drives you know the economy. There's you know a lot of people that are just paying the bills. And maybe those people never were, you know, spending and going I on fancy trips, it. but some of them were because we had some good times with stimulus. We had a little bit extra money. Um, you know, there, there was opportunities. And I think those people haven't been hit yet, but I think the hit is coming. I think as we continue to raise rates, people will be like, I just don't have the money for that right now. I, I, mean, I, I just don't chart. have the money for the new car rate. Hey, hey Dennis, I want to ask a wait, hold on one second, yeah. and then we can go on to some other things. Yeah. I, wanna, I just want to ask a fundamental question on the uh, – on the whole like recession thing. What like what is one of the key leading indicators of a recession or what happens during a recession? What what indicator growth slows. Well what else? Growth slow. Well they're the official, but uh is GDP slowing, okay? Yeah. But it's right isn't it rising unemployment, right? Um or not, not necessarily. It could it could just be slowing, slow job growth, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be like rising unemployment. It could it could just be slowing new jobs. Well, I'm just trying to figure out how you know what the recipe is for a full blown recession with unemployment at three percent. Hey, <laughs> and, and that and that might be the case. But is unemployment really at three percent, or are some people just not willing to work? Okay. No, seriously. Or some people, I, I don't want to go work for fifteen bucks an hour. 
I mean, that's why Target has raised somebody in the chats is raising prices, you know, raising labor prices, this, trying to catch up. We're going to go in circles here if, if we're just going to throw cast doubt on what? that number. Wow, what's up to that? I mean, I know we were going down before, yeah. but now we're really going down. Yeah. They must be listening to pre-market Ooh. prep. Yeah, Dad. are listening to pre-market prep. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, you know, here's an argument. If, if I can bring it back to the earnings here, here's an argument for Dennis, all right? The, you don't need to give Dennis fodder for an argument. I know, I know. Okay? But, well, you know, I, I, I gave a quote that I thought went against him, and I'll give a quote that goes for him. This is from the Bed Bath & Beyond conference call, which is happening right now. The yeah. CEO said that industry trends have worsened since February as the macro market volatility and overall consumer uncertainty has surged. There you go, Dennis. All right. I don't I I'm just giving an opinion here. Yeah. And you know facts. what? If yeah, I, I know. really hey, stop. If I really thought that this is really gonna get if I knew, if I knew for certainty that this was going into recession and the economy was gonna be in trouble, I wouldn't just be a hundred percent cash, I would be short the market. So I obviously know nothing for certainty. I'm guessing, but I'm guessing with caution. I'm usually 20% cash. You are too, Joel. We always got a few blanks. I have more cash right now because I'm uncertain about the market that we're going into. And I'm just saying, if you're 100% invested in this market, I think the time is still now to take some profits. That's all I'm saying. So I think we're going into recession, but I could be very wrong. I might be wrong. I'm wrong every single day on individual calls. I think Last week, two weeks ago, I was like, well, maybe I'm wrong. And I started buying some growth stocks. I was wrong. You're it's wrong, okay you're to wrong be about wrong. being wrong. You're but wrong you've got to make calls, man. You got to Like, we're money managers. We're doing this for a living. I could sit back and just buy spy every time it pulls back. But this is my job. And my job is to make calls. My job is to try to be a market timer. I'm a market timer. If you're not a market timer, do what you got to do. You know, you can buy dips and eventually the market goes up. But if you're buying all these growthy names at 100 PE in this environment, I think you're going to lose money. Um, all right. Uh, quickly, let's just do uh, run through the earnings. Uh, well, we did Delta. J.P. Morgan reported uh, this morning. This is a oh, interesting report. I was curious to see what kind of charge they were going to take uh, as it pertains to the whole Ukraine war. Uh, so they're saying they took a $524 million loss, which actually seems like not that much to me, if I'm being honest, uh, due to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. As it pertains to the raw numbers, again, I don't think these numbers are as relevant now because the macro situation is so uncertain between the war and rising rates. Uh, but their EPS on an adjusted basis came in a little bit light. Sales did come in a little bit higher than estimates. Um but I'm more so interested in what JP, uh, Jamie Dimon has to say uh, today. I haven't seen what he said yet uh, about uh, the forward-looking environment. I mean, this the, the price action in this has just been horrible. I mean, we've commented about this, you know, repeatedly. So this this is a feather in the cap here uh, uh, for Dennis on the on the recession end, and you have to just acknowledge that we're supposed to be in a rising interest rate environment, and which is supposed to be good for banks, and they're going in the opposite direction. So uh, sitting at the lows of the pre market session, if there's anything you've learned from listening to this show besides not being on margin, is when you're looking at your bottom right chart here, your lower right chart, and you get into an area where you have a lot of air, right? Okay. 
they tend to go quickly down through that area. So, you know, is it going to find support at this monthly low? Well, we'll find out. 123.77, not going to find out today. But then you would need to form a base there. I don't know. What What about – this is crazy, Des, because I know we always talk about, um, you know, the COVID, the COVID low. And it kind of what you know, it was kind of a fake low, right? I mean, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. And now, wow, this got under, you know, this is getting about 125. That is what is 50% of I'm that will move. I'm long. Another loser. Look, every stock I buy, I lose money. Why? Because they're all going down. So I I think JP Morgan's a great company. I stuck a half size position in the long-term portfolio because I'm underweight the banks and I want a position. Um, I took it through the earnings report, and right now it doesn't look great. And maybe I'm going to lose some money on this. I, You know what, though? J.P. Morgan, I'm comfortable that if I'm in J.P. Morgan, that it's going to eventually come back. Where if I'm in, like, Fubo or I'm in, like, you know, some, you know, I'm not comfortable that those stocks are coming back. Like Asana, where I bought it, trying to time the move, thinking, you know, okay, well, I'll get a little bit of growth in there. And, you know, I'm not comfortable that that stock's going back to $160. I'm not even comfortable it's going to get back to 40 which is why I took the loss and sold at 37 JP Morgan, Disney, these stocks, you're buying these, sticking your long-term account, you're probably going to be okay. Uh, it's 829. We're 30 seconds away. From oh, yeah, 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 yeah. If you are interested in that, we'll probably give you the number as we get it here. Uh, producer price index. Uh, inflation from the other side of the coin. Now, watch this be a whopper here. Uh, We'll see here. Estimates are for uh, PPI to have risen in March 10.6% year over year. Core PPI, which is uh, uh, discounting for uh, energy, uh, 8.4% is your estimate uh, for today. Let's see what we're going to get here in a few seconds on this March. It's a little hot. It's hot. PPI number. It's uh, yesterday's number, recall, was uh, in right in line with the estimate uh, CPI. PPI. Uh, Feels a little hot. I, right I, I didn't turn Charles the squawk on, so. Oh, okay. Well. Sorry. Um, come on. Where's my, I'm waiting for my screen to refresh. The first, the first gut reaction's been lower here, so um, just a little bit. We're hanging at the lows. We went to 85 and a quarter. Come on, I think the or else someone just jumped the gun here. We'll see if we can. Uh, I'm keeping an eye on the close, even though we've went through it like silly putty so many times here. All right. So, so on a month over month basis, which I, I gave you the year over year estimate, but uh, the month over month estimate was 1.1 percent. The actual was 1.4 percent. So we did come in a little hotter than expected month over month in terms of PPI. Um, year over year. Uh, uh, for uh, core, uh, 9.2%. I gave you the 8.4% estimate, so hotter than expected. Uh, looks like is, is the big takeaway here um, for for producer prices in March. Um, year over year and month over month, core and non-core, looks like all coming in um, at the very least in line or above estimates. So, yeah. It's a battle. I'll tell you here, it's a battle. It's, it's really... not the CPI number, though. Yeah, it's not. It's not. So there's a little bit of movement off of this, but it's not like, whoa, whoa. No, we didn't no. see this coming. Very muddled. Uh, yeah, it's quiet. I mean, but put you have a perspective, bring up today's chart. I mean, this has been a nonstop leaker market for the last two hours. I came in this morning and I'm getting, you know, like 
I, I was I, I was a little bit net short of my overall account. Not much, but I'm usually hedged. But I was leaning a little short. And I was like, holy mackerel, another rally. But I mean, now it's just turned around and done the whole thing again. I mean, these overnight rallies just don't hold. They're not holding. There's money managers that come in and think about it. You know, a lot of money managers aren't trading at 2 o'clock in the morning. The big money managers, you know, are, are not getting to their desk until like 9 o'clock. And they might start trading. They're probably trading the open at 9.30. And what do they do? They get these rallies overnight and they start coming in. Or maybe they were coming in an hour ago and they start coming in and start selling some stocks. It's a tough market. They're just not holding rallies. It's giving more proof to my thesis that this market is banking on not being a soft landing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, JP Morgan, minor, minor lift off that. So we'll see. We'll see if it can hold the pre market low. Uh, trying to get back on change here. There was a real battle there. Uh, thought we might take a look at uh, Tuesday's low. That's, I think that would be the trap door on the downside, 43.75 and a half. And now just trying to go green here, right? It unchanged. So. All the information, all the earnings, the PPI, pretty much flat here on the session. Can, can yeah. we talk about the JP Morgan numbers? Like, because we mentioned a couple yeah, times, yeah, I yeah. You ever I, gave the numbers. I, I went over them briefly. The the EPS for the last quarter on an adjusted basis was a little bit light, but to, uh, two dollars and sixty three cents versus a two dollar and seventy three cent estimate. The sales was a was a, a slight beat. Uh, 31.59 versus 31.14 billion dollars. So again, but I I'm not sure how relevant those numbers are. Oh, they, they, oh, they did also uh, authorize a new 30 billion dollar buyback effective May 1st. But um, and they hit it on this. Yeah, 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 yeah. But again, it, it's to me, it's more so about like what they say going forward than it is about. It just seemed like the mentality was there to hit this. You know, they just you know just uh, the you know people stuck since the last earnings there that that little pop off that uh, PPI that was faded there. Uh, so maybe I don't know. Uh, once again, longer term number here. Your January at twenty one low was one twenty three seventy seven. So that would be my next downside target. And I don't know about today, but longer term looking for one twenty four. And let uh, me I, Fra Fra France France saying just in the chat, I just read it there, and I'm, I'm sure he's just taking this from the court. JP Morgan shares fell 3% in pre-market trading after the bank reported 42% decline in first quarter profits stemming from increased costs for bad well, loans so, so, okay, and so, market upheavals tied to Russia right, sanctions. Okay, now so, that sounds good. No, okay, so <laughs> I, I mentioned the $524 million loss as it pertains to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. That's that's a one-time charge. That that's not a going forward thing, right? They they well, they dramatically cut their exposure to Russia. That's not going to be a continuing thing here going forward. That was a one-time uh, expense for them. So that's not a forward-looking thing. But yes, it it's going to weigh on the on last quarter for sure. That's why I don't think last quarter is as relevant because they have this one-time thing. But going forward, I just want to hear what Jamie Dimon says. I haven't had the chance to – I don't even know if the call is going on right now. What, what does he say about the economy? Right, That's what I want to know. Um, and, yes, their trading revenue was down year over year because last year was bonkers. right? So yeah. their trading revenue was down year over year. Uh, they took this loss. So, yeah, there are some things weighing on last quarter. But, I'm again, 
I don't know. I just don't see it as relevant. Real quick, I want to give the Delta Airlines uh, numbers quickly, yeah. and, then to, and then I want to bring on our guest here. Uh, Delta Airlines earnings per share, slight beat. They're still in the red. They're still losing money on an EPS basis per quarter. They lost $1.23 per share, but it was uh, $0.14 cents above the estimate. Uh, operating revenue, uh, $8.2 billion, which was a little bit on the light side. They did say they uh, have 84% of their capacity restored compared to the same quarter in 2019 uh revenue compared to 2019 is about 95 percent recovered uh and i mentioned the stat uh or the quote from the ceo about the last five weeks being the best in their history in terms of bookings uh here to help us analyze the airline's delta and then there's some other things to discuss as well uh is frank holmes the uh, CEO and CIO of U.S. Global Investors. Uh, I see his camera is off. Frank, maybe are you going to turn the camera on for us? If not, I'll bring you on audio only. Let's see if he's here. Hear Frank, me? are you here? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Can you hear me? I hear you. Perfect. Listen, I'm at the um, okay. uh, ETF conference in um, Miami right now, and oh, uh, the mic is not com- uh, connecting well. Okay. So that's why well, I just put it on. I, I did see my face. So I'll give give everyone a photo op for a second so I can. it's easier for me to hear you putting okay. the phone to my ear. Okay. Well, but, we, we can you know, hear you, and that's, that's what it, matters. It's packed. People are just so can't wait to get out and travel. Last week, uh, I've been here for 10 days. I'm exhausted from being here, even though it's spectacular weather. But 30,000 people went to the Bitcoin conference. 30,000. Yeah. Um, the, the Uber costs went through the roof because there's none of Uber cars from moving all these people back and forth to the convention center. Now I'm at the Fountain Blue uh, for the big ETF conference, the first in three years. And they have over 2,000 people, uh, something like uh, 800 registered investment advisors. Uh, and so it's it's everyone can't yeah. wait to travel. Most of them are coming from uh, the northern cities like Chicago, Detroit uh, and New York and Boston. Right, 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 right. So, Frank, have you had a chance to to catch up uh, on the Delta report from this morning or not? Or yeah, not I did. You know, it's okay. it, it's it's on the positive trend. Uh, 
and and they still don't have the biggest part of the business travel, which is the the other component, and they're still keeping back to to induce people to fly. Um, the baggage charges are are less. Uh, change fees. Uh, there's a lot of there's not changing fees. The airlines are all different, but uh, they are they'll do, allow you to change your fees quickly. Um, the biggest frustration right now has been the cancellations of flights or they're trying to cut back on the number of options you have to fly to maintain uh, a higher waiting in, uh, passengers in the planes is the biggest sort of headwind I hear. Uh, but otherwise, no, it, it's on a mend, and that's, that's the most positive part. What about, like, the consideration that, you know, if, if you know, according to the CEO, they've just had their best five-week period in terms of bookings, and yet that also coincides with this period of increased uh, – oil prices and there's still the airline industry at large is struggling with with labor shortages right now so how do you square that circle with like the best five years uh sorry the best five-week period for the company and at the same time these negative overhangs weighing on the company or when the industry well, labor is an issue everywhere you know right, labor is right. an issue everywhere and, and a couple of the labor things were like in chicago where the airports themselves uh, getting workers to show up to to handle your bags and uh, and to uh, give you a cup of coffee, especially early in the morning. Uh, there's just none of workers. So I, I think that we're going to see you know a, a big bump, uh, this next wave of inflation being passed on to workers. Uh, it, it's just it's just going to have to happen, and we're going to live with. I did a short clip back in August of 2020 of get ready for higher inflation uh, substantially, and that the CPI number that's used today has changed twice. And if you use the 1980 figure, which with inflation at 18%, if you use that algorithm today, inflation is 16%. It's yeah. not even eight. It's, it's, it's much yeah. higher. It, it is. It's 16. All, all experience. So they've modified that algorithm the government has that basically understates what's hurting the wallet. So right. um, you're going to have to give out uh, increased compensation to workers. Uh, and the first, and it's just, this is part of that whole inflation. So I launched another product called C because what I learned from jets airline and it's cargo, 70% ships and 30% cargo flat, uh, jets. And you're seeing some of the big airlines all of a sudden convert their passenger planes, uh, into cargo because the pricing power is so great. And, um, and this, it, they're basically inflation proof because they pass on any rising car, uh, um, jet fuel cost to you so if you order something from dhl and you want to ship to you uh, you have to get your own insurance on the product basically and you have to uh, especially when i'm getting big technology equipment uh, software and chips etc shipped uh and and, and further that's in the clause is that all energy costs any rises i have to pay what's the symbol on that sta oh well that's an easy one and, um, and, and it's an inflation proof, you know, it's other, uh, I thought I was worried, you know, I put up 5 million, uh, to get it going and, and Citadel put money into, and, uh, and all of a sudden, you know, it, it went up, uh, Russia gets invaded, uh, sorry, invades Ukraine and, uh, it, all of a sudden shipping of equipment and everything else went up, can't fly over Russia now. So the, the cost, uh, all those risks get embedded immediately and passed on. And that's part of the inflationary cycle we're all living with. So C has almost become an inflationary hedge. And in the analysis uh, we've done, um, they've got, a, it's just a three-year to five-year secular 
cycle in, in shipping supply line constraints. And they keep telling every quarter, oh, it's going to resolve itself next quarter. It's just not going to happen. It's much bigger than people realize. And if you get into the themes of globalization, well, globalization is basically coming to a halt here, uh, especially what takes place with China, complete shutdowns. And then you have 31 cities in China shut down. You have uh, Ukraine being invaded. Uh, th this is this will have a great impact on on shipping costs. Right. So so my question, Frank, is uh, which which is going to return to normal first, do you think? Shipping costs or consumer behavior as it pertains to air travel? And, American and consumer behavior. American consumer behavior. Okay. Uh, um, um, one of the frustrations I will say, I, I just experienced as an American, I was flying back from Europe, Madrid, and you still have to get a test within 24 hours. Uh, so it doesn't matter if you're an American or you're a foreigner, uh, only if you're a, 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 you know, in a crisis person flying in from being flown in from Iraq or from Ukraine, can you get immediately into the country? But Americans have to get a test 24 hours before landing. They won't let you take off from the plane. So that slows down the travel coming out of Europe. Uh, all the planes were packed going over, and there were about 60%, 70% full coming back. Uh, that's what I noticed. But the price of the tickets, uh, they've rebounded. They're expensive. Frank, the C has really come in. It uh, it started out at 19 and then, I don't know, shot up to near 23 and change and has really come back down to the almost to like the lows of the uh, – I mean, it, is it going to be a point where it just uh, gets cost prohibitive? You know, people are not going to be able to – you know, it's no longer profitable for them to, you know, be shipping this stuff with the increasing cost because that's kind of what that chart's telling me. I, I think you have a depression then. Because it's just less <laughs> ships. One of the big, you know, one of the big issues that took place is with the UN and global ch climate change, and and they several years ago and uh, it came through during COVID um, that ships that had a certain crude oil were not a land in ports. So, so Frank, you've always been pretty optimistic, like and, and during you lost the. Uh, no, you're you sound very, I'm not, I'm not very, depression baby, very but twenty five percent. One of you go. Twenty-five percent of the ships. <laughs> Spencer, you're there. the moderator here. There's no ships. Yeah, that's Frank, I just you've no been ships. on over the years, and you've been pretty optimistic, even like during COVID and you know different things and stuff. But like right now, uh, you know, I don't know if you heard Dennis earlier. You're making him look like an optimist. Um, I mean, I what I mean, what do you what are you forecasting here? I mean, no, I haven't heard a, you say a good thing. Uh, anything really <laughs> i have said good things i've said the only thing is flying back into the u.s is a challenge which they're going to have to resolve which they will uh but domestic travel in the u.s it's booming and the need for products and services globally uh the shipping industry is in a sweet spot they have tremendous pricing power because there's less ships so okay. if you think okay, if you fair. think the ships are going to totally unravel it's because you you would have a depression I don't believe that. I believe all right. that all governments will drop to MMT, modern monetary theory of printing more money. Uh, and the rates will start to stall going up uh, and the government will quickly revert. 
At a certain point in time, that probably does happen, Frank. Frank, I have multiple questions. What is actually in the SEA PDF? Like, what, are the, what are the holdings? Yeah. Like, what kind of holdings? Uh, you'd have, uh, for quickly, you'd have UPS, you'd have FedEx, you'd have DHL, uh, you'd have uh, uh, the Japanese shipping companies, the Taiwanese shipping companies in South Korea. Uh, they're the big uh, across the pond shipping companies. And the biggest would be out of De- out of Denmark, it'd be uh, uh, Mazurk. Yeah, th- there's a lot of global exposure here I'm seeing. It's mo- it looks like it's mostly international, you, uh, Frank. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just want to ask you. I, I just want to ask you really about the airline M&A that we've been hearing about. Uh, there is a Spirit Frontier merger. Now Spirit supposedly rumored to be bought by JetBlue. What are you yep. hearing on that front? What can you tell us about that? Well, it's so exciting because during the crisis, uh, uh, we had new IPOs. We had new uh, right. uh, breeze comes out and we had other anticipating the big turnaround. And now we're seeing M&A work. So that means the capital markets are robust with activity. The investment bankers are running all over the place doing deals, uh, which they could not do two, three years ago. Uh, they couldn't think of putting these companies and merging them together. But today, that the capital markets are, are really, it's important that they're alive and vibrant. Um, they're all trying to get scale. Uh, it's like the famous book, Scale Up and What You Have to Do. So by putting those three companies together, I think, you know, it'll have its challenges because they have different planes. They have a different concept. Uh, the integration of, of, of uh, their different models uh, from Airbus only to Boeing, uh, it, it, there'll be issues. But they're trying to get scale for the domestic tourist travel. Uh, and they would be the biggest animal for that if they put those three together. Well, so... How how do you see this playing out? Like, is this is are, is this, is it going to be a Spirit Frontier merger, or is JetBlue going to buy Spirit? Or and 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 if if one of those things happens, what kind of regulatory hurdles are there? I would imagine if two of the low cost, two of the largest low cost carriers in the U.S. merge, there's probably some uh, antitrust concerns there. Yes, there's no there's there's so many complex moving parts. Uh, but the nice part, all I can think of is that Jessica owns all three of them. That's true. Uh, and, and uh, you know, the survivor will win. Um, uh, and, and for me, at this stage, and looking at this type of unique uh, animal that Jets is, is that it, it, we have activity. It, it, people are vibrant. Uh, they're, they're, they're very bullish. They're doing this stuff to get quick scale um, because they're very bullish. And the earlier I thought I sounded like a pessimist, but I'm so sorry because... Uh, no, okay. no, I, I take my, uh, uh, today is going to be a great and fulfilling day, pill every morning. <laughs> All right. Uh, Frank Holmes is the CEO and the CIO of U.S. Global Investors. He runs the Jets and the CETF, SEA, also is the chairman of Hive Blockchain. Uh, Frank, uh, always a pleasure. Enjoy the rest of the conference. Hey, listen, thank you, everyone, for the opportunity to share. And, right. uh, and I'm a big believer. Buy on the dips and hodl. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't. I know. Frank is is is. Give him credit. He's pretty consistent in his in his point of view. Uh, he's been coming on our show for a while. Even in the throes of COVID, he was he was bullish. Uh, you know, saying that oh, that was correct. And I mean, they, yeah, that 
there there is still there's a thesis and there's a thesis that we're going to get through this and there's a thesis that if the market tanks enough that they'll back off raising the rates but right now i mean i just feel more comfortable with a little bit of cash um okay <laughs> yeah i don't necessarily want to want to have that uh argument again we're uh, not going into it again don't yeah, worry. yeah yeah uh okay so let me make sure we did not cover Bed Bath. They had earnings this morning. I don't even. I didn't. I didn't, even talk, look, I didn't even look at the numbers, honestly. Um, I, I want the numbers, actually. You want the numbers? Or yeah. Pull them up. Horrible. It's now fourteen percent. Let's find out why. I'm having. So I have four monitors here, and the monitor that it has Benzinga Pro keeps like going on and off. So I'm gonna go pull it up in a different. I can bring it up too. Uh, all right. Uh, here we go. Here right. we go. Oh, um, oh, here. I'm, adjusted I'm EPS. What the heck? All right, that there must be something weird going on yeah, there. Kind of uh, they lost player. 92 cents per share versus an estimate of a four cent gain. Is that holy moly? Uh, sales, sales is more comparable. Sales was a slight miss 2.05 versus 2.08 billion dollars. Um, it looks like they had a pretty rough first quarter. Here's a fun headline Bed Bath Beyond from the conference call. CEO says, At this time, we do not have an update on the work done by our board to unlock further value at Bye Bye Baby. Says the quarter to date comp sales are running oh, neg- negative, negatively in negative the 20% year over year sales. Awesome. Holy camoly. Where's Ryan? Where's Ryan? Oh, he's there. Don't worry, Joel. He'll buy more stock so the stock will pop 50%. That's what happens. Look at that. It's come off That's 50%. A, yeah. Look, look at how much of a gift. When your stock pops from 17 to $30 because somebody took a position in it, you sell it and you don't ask any questions. And twice we got up there, gifts right back to $15. I mean, they're doing everything wrong at this company, so maybe Ryan Cohen can clean it up. You've got great support down in the 13 area, two bucks slower than here. I do think it'll bounce between 13 and 15, even 15. For the simple reason is that people will say, well, Cohen will fix it. So it would not surprise me if this actually holds up better. Other things being equal, I never would buy a company that was lo- that their sales Horrible. were running, the comps were running down 20%. That is absolutely terrible in an, in an environment that I think is going to get worse. So, but, but you got Ryan Cohen. That's a trump card here. Obviously, he's been involved in GameStop and other things, and people love that, and they think he'll turn it around and you know what? Maybe he does. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's buyers here in the 15 area. Wow. For 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 uh, Bed Bath. Which wow. Yeah. At, like if I was that. short, I would be bringing it in. I'd look at like, AMC okay. and uh, GME. Have you looked at those, Dennis? AMC and GME? Oh, I saw well, they come back. I saw AMC had, had a headline. GME's there. still holding up pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, but look at the, yeah, but look at the, yeah, look at that back. 145, though. Look at that. All the, oh, boy. Be careful here, folks. If you're well, you wonder if Bed Bath and Beyond won't hit AMC and GME here because they're all tied together. So we're not seeing that yet this morning. GME is still trading higher, but you just wonder. There's similar shareholders in Bed Bath and Beyond the GME, and they're like, "Oh, I'm getting killed here. I'm gonna lock in some of those gains in GameStop." So I'd be nervous if I was long GameStop. One forty-one. I mean, just keep an eye on that. I mean, I, that can't be any clear. This is like the. The low that you had in the spoos last week at forty four fifty, folks. So keep an eye on that. Usually don't give levels in GameStop, but that one's just sticking out like a sore thumb. Um. Okay, we got seven minutes left in the show here. Let uh, let's do some ticker time. What about that other thing you guys are gonna do? 
What's that? What other thing? Um, from uh, someone that was on CNBC yesterday. Oh. Joel, come on. <laughs> what was the other thing? Oh, it was Kathy. <laughs> He doesn't want to get me going again. I why She was in an interview. I tweeted out numerous times. We all know what I think of Kathy Wood's investment strategies here. So I guess we don't have to go into um, that interview, which I'll just say the interview didn't make me feel more confident to go out and buy ARKK. All right. That's not what we'll we're hearing. That's we'll not leave what it we're hearing. Yeah, Joel, Joel's hearing something. Don't different. wind me up anymore. Joel's hearing something different, Dennis. Oh, that I am buying ARKK? Joel's hearing never frown, average down. Oh, that's what she said basically in the interview. I just parsed her words, but that's basically what she said. She's like, and she says that they're going to get a 50% annual return, 50 for the next five years. So, but, you know, you look yeah, at this. Check out, the... Uh, check out the, um, the, uh, Come on, screen. <laughs> who did that, Mitch? It was not. No, it was not Mitch. It was not Mitch. It was not me either. Well, that's ridiculous. <laughs> oh my gosh! Somebody, Spencer, somebody, and, and no one in Benzinga did it. Somebody, I, I did. somebody who smashed that like, smashed that like, <laughs> Mitch. That was you. Wasn't it wasn't it? Mitch. It was not it Mitch. Wasn't Mitch. It was, it was Mitch, no one man. at the company. It's someone that listens to the show. You guys. I don't even know what to say. I was afraid to do it. They I am a closet Kathy lover, I guess. <laughs> we just want we just want to have a little fun, Dennis. Don't be mad. I'm the one. Spencer oh, didn't want. All good. I didn't want to do that. Spencer didn't do want to do it. He just so like I just dropped it on him, and he and he was like trying like ticker time. Let's do ticker time. So that was me. I didn't want to do that. They forced it. They forced my hand. All right. Um. All right. Drop tickers for us in the chat, dear Lord. Uh, uh, let's go to ticker time. I need to get that thought out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, bu- 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 let's look for tickers that we don't normally talk about. Oh, um, okay. Well, how's Merck doing? Is it still ripping? No. Uh, well, let's look at Merck. No, no. It's, I bought down I, at the I, top. The, here's the problem: is everybody's hiding in all these stocks. We talked about this. The hiding is starting to come off a little bit in some of these names. Pfizer, Merck. I own them all. They've all been actually really good, but yeah, I I just think and I'm I'm sticking with Merck. I think my average cost basis on Merck is thirty dollars, so I'm sticking with it. But there's a lot of money hiding in safety names, and I just think if it gets ugly enough, that they'll hit this stuff too. So I think there's a little bit of a bubble in some of these safety names as well. This I man I I bought this bad. We bought this bad, and I just stomached it and. This would be one of that out of the long term where I would love to say, you know, let's just get out, you know, even a little bit of profit. But she'll yeah, look at the chart. And she'll look high. at the chart and she'll say, why do you want to sell that chart? I mean, look at that thing. That's what <laughs> she'll say. Like, why would you sell that? Why would why you, you sell, sell that? rocket ships? And I like, yeah. And I'd be like, well, look at that red candle from two days ago. That was but whatever. Um, it's holding up. These things are holding up. I mean. I don't know. One bad day, two bad days. I mean, it's due for some kind of retracement. I would say if I was ooh, 85, 84, 96, uh, that's your four-day low. Hit 85.22 yesterday. This one feels heavy. I don't even know right. where I'd like step in. Maybe 82 would be the next good support level if we start go- rocking and rolling under the downside. Speaking of rocket ships, let's go to the hottest stock on Wall Street right now. Peabody Energy, BTU. Oh uh, it goes up every day. Kenny Black, we, we should all buy coal and and you because that's the coal is the future, didn't you know? 
Yeah, the clean energy trade really. <laughs> the world's not worried about clean energy in war times and recessions. I mean, Kenny, Kenny, you're listening, buddy. He came and he brought us this stock at like $16 on the show a month and a half ago. Yeah. And it's 29 Kenny, he's a wonderful trader. I come, I go on his show every once in a while. I hit the bed. Mitch Kenny, fantastic call, buddy. Well, Mitch, Dennis, Mitch, Mitch he was watching honest. Money Mitch. Did you have this one too? Was at 12. Mitch, been Mitch was in it at 12. Okay. There oh, yeah. Go. We got our Boom, own guy, baby. Mitch. I didn't know that. Why didn't yeah, you send baby. me a memo you were buying that thing at 12? I, I even told you about gold, but no one believed me. I I, I didn't know what the Peabody Mitch call. I, you know I love the Mitch calls. <laughs> Here's Mitch, another one. Mitch is uh, a trader too, I tell you. He, he knows some stuff. You're they're saying Jamie Dimon sounds alarm on economy is basically. That's what I want to know. listen to pre-market prep. That's what I want to know. Jamie Dimon listened to our show and then went on his call. And oh, yeah. <laughs> he waited. He waited to make the. Oh, he waited until our show. And he's like, okay, yeah, I think Dennis is right. <laughs> Man, another one. We um, love you, Jamie. Can I just? I'm a shareholder. Can I just say, if you have several decades till your retirement, just, just, just keep on, keep on keeping on. The average, co- okay, and just we should on, say that. Just keep on keeping on, please. Dollar cost averaging in indexes works in the long run. Please. Stock picking's a different story, but in the indexes, it does work. Your dollar cost averaging, you probably do well. Ten years from now, I'd be happy. I'm just, you know, I'm a market timer, so it's not All my right. cup of tea. I'm here every day. I feel like I need to extract alpha and do a little bit better than the average bear. So I try to time it. All right. But if you're not All in right. the market timing, dollar cost averaging on your index is a perfectly sound strategy, and I won't argue with you. All right. I'll let you guys uh finish up. I'm gonna do- Go uh, talk with Al Clues from Webbush about wheat and commodities, which we don't want to know. Where's commodities? All right, oh, everyone. Commodities. Uh, commodities I, are still hot. I, I've been meaning mean to read this article in the Times about that wheat, uh, the, the wheat whale from a few months ago. I haven't gotten around to it yet. Uh, but we got to wrap the show whale. up. Yeah, remember when the wheat, wheat futures went like limit up or yeah. for, like two days in a row or whatever? Uh, that, that yeah. Um, I haven't read it yet, though. We got to wrap the show today. Now, uh, well, this is the time we end every day, but we got to go on over to special show coming up right now. Our monthly Benzinga boot camp. We're going to start the show off with live trading, so you're going to get you know an hour plus, an hour and a half ish of Ryan, Zunaid, and Mitch coming up right now, and that will be the first chapter of today's Benzinga boot camp. This is our monthly show that we do. A full day of just trading education, hearing from guests, hearing from traders about their strategies in elongated uh, sessions. So that's going to go live right now. I'm going to end this show, send you over to that. Uh, Hit the like, please. Let's see how many likes we got going on today. We got 466. Let's get to 500 likes. That's not a very big ask in the next 30 seconds uh thanks to our guest today frank holmes please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading advice i'm done we're going live to the boot camp live training is going to kick it off see you guys over there and uh good luck today At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. 
by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.